You're the God of this city. You're the King of these people. You're the Lord of this nation. You are. You're the light in this darkness. You're the hope to the hopeless. You're the peace to the restless. You are. There is no one like. Ah, this month we are focusing on missions. Praise the Lord. And mission in terms of you being involved at a personal level. I was saying in the first service, that is not a typo. It is just to tell you that me and you, we need to get into the mission of God. Praise the Lord. And so, the first two Sundays we've been having Pastor Ken, who left uh, on Thursday night, if I'm not wrong, taking us through uh, missions and all that they've been doing also in Australia. And so today we continue on the same. Because one of the things I've come to learn is that the agenda of God has never changed in regards to sending out men out there to reach out to others. That agenda has never changed. Or that mission has never changed. And so even today, God is looking for available vessels who can say that they are available to be used of the Lord in regards to reaching out and in regards to mission, as we may be talking about today. And one of the things I like us to understand is that God is not calling us to an activity, but He's calling us to a life that is a missional life. He's not calling us to come, go for these missions. Yes, that is important, but yet sometimes that can be temporal, can be short-term. But what God is calling on us to do is to come to the place that where we live our lives in a missional way. Praise the Lord. Where we live our lives in a missional way. So that is the sole purpose of this series. That we can be able to come to the place whereby we can be able to say that we are living a missional life. And one of my desires that out of this sermon today is that your response will be, Here I am. Send me. Here I am. Send me. And that basically also forms the title of my sermon today. That your response at the end of this will be, Here I am. Send me. And a few things i like us to reflect on even as we talk about missions today. We need to ask ourselves, why is it easy to reach out to some people and hard to reach out to others? Why is it at all order to reach out to certain people and yet it is very easy to reach out to others? Is missions for a chosen few or me and you should also be involved in it? Whatever God has placed you, how are you living in a missional way? In your sphere, where God has placed you, how are you living in a missional way? How can you partner with God in His mission? And what do you need to, em to embrace so that you can be able to live this missional life? But lastly, you need to ask yourself, am I available for the Master's use? That at the end of this, you'll truly say that here I am, send me. I have told you the agenda of God has never changed and still stands today. God is still looking 
for available vessels that he can use to reach out to others. And my prayer for you is that at the end of this, you will say that, Lord, here I am, send me. Praise the Lord. Isaiah chapter 6, verse 8, which kind of forms a key verse to our sermon today. Isaiah says that then I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send? And who will go for us? And I said, Here I am, send me. Then I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send? And who will go for us? And I said, Here I am, send me. And that is what God is even asking of us today. Whom shall I send? Whom will go for us? Or who will go for us? And my prayer, like I have said and I cannot overemphasize, is that our response should be that here I am, send me. Here I am, send me. In looking at Matthew chapter 9, verse 35 to 38, which will form just as a pretext to what we'll talk about today, or our key chapter that we look at. In Matthew chapter 9, verse 35 to 38, we find it says this, that Jesus went through all the towns and villages, teaching in their synagogues, proclaiming the good news of the kingdom, and healing every disease and sickness. We are told that when he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them, because they were harassed and helpless like a sheep without a shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, The harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into his harvest field. And here we are told that Jesus is walking around through the towns and the villages, teaching, doing ministry, miracles are happening. And he sees these crowds, their state, harassed and helpless. And out of this he is able to see and say that truly the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. And he says, ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into his harvest field. Here I am, send me. The harvest is full, the harvest is plentiful, but yet the workers are few. And like I've said, may our response today be, Here I am, send me. This harvest is not about us, but it is about Christ himself. It is his harvest. But yet, also today, he is looking for they who are available to be used of him in this harvest field. And so our main focus will be on Matthew chapter 10. Matthew chapter 10 is where we are going to derive more of our sermon today. So here Christ has said about the harvest being plentiful. Saying that the workers are few. And so in Matthew chapter 10, it's going to be a long read from verse 1 to 40. We are going to look at a few verses in here. We are told that in Matthew chapter 10 verse 1, it says, He called his twelve disciples to him and gave them authority 
to drive out evil spirits and to heal every disease and sickness. And verse 2 gives us the names of the twelve. Simon, his brother Andrew, James, John, Philip, and Bartholomew, Thomas, Matthew, James, you know, Thaddeus, Simon, and Judas Iscariot. And verse 5 says that then, you know, these twelve Jesus sent out with the following instructions. Do not go among the Gentiles or enter any town of the Samaritans. Go rather to the lost sheep of Israel. As you go, preach this message. The kingdom of heaven is near. Heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse those who have leprosy, drive out demons. Freely you have received, freely give. Do not take along any gold or silver or copper in your belts. Take no bag for the journey or extra tunic or sandals or a staff, for the worker is worth his keep. Verse 11 says, Whatever town or village you enter, search for some worthy person there and stay at his house until you leave. As you enter the home, give it your greeting. If the home is deserving, let your peace rest on it. If it is not, let your peace return to you. If anyone will not welcome you or listen to your words, shake the dust off your feet. Then, sorry, when you leave that home or town, I tell you the truth, it will be more bearable for Sodom and Gomorrah on the day of judgment than for that town. Verse 16 says, I am sending you out like sheep among wolves. Therefore, be as shrewd as snakes and as innocent as doves. Or doves. Verse 17. Be on your guard against men. They will hand you over to the local councils and flog you in their synagogues. On my account, you will be brought before governors and kings as witnesses to them and to the Gentiles. But when they... But when they arrest you, do not worry about what to say or how to say it. At that time, you will be given what to say. For it will not be you speaking, but the Spirit of the Father speaking through you. Verse 21. Brother will betray brother to death, and a father his child. Children will rebel against their parents and have them put to death. All men will hate you because of me. But he who stands firm to the end will be saved. When you are persecuted in one place, flee to another. I tell you the truth, you will not finish going through the cities of Israel before the Son of Man comes. Let me jump to verse 26. In verse 26 it says this, So, do not be afraid of them. There is nothing concealed that will not be disclosed or hidden that will not be made known. What I tell you in the dark, speak in the daylight. What is whispered in your ear, proclaim from the roofs. Do not be afraid of those who kill the body, but cannot kill the soul. Rather, be afraid of the one who can destroy both soul and body in hell. Are not two sparrows sold for a penny? Yet not one of them will fall to the ground apart from the will of your father. And even, when, and even the very hairs of your head are all numbered. So, 
Don't be afraid. You are worth more than many sparrows. Verse 32. Whoever acknowledges me before men, I will also acknowledge him before my Father in heaven. But whoever disowns me before men, I will disown him before my Father in heaven. Verse 34. Do not suppose that I have come to bring peace to the earth. I did not come to bring peace, but a sword. For I have come to turn a man against his father, a daughter against his, her mother, a daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. A man's enemies will be members of his own household. Anyone who loves his father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. Anyone who loves his son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. And anyone who does not take his cross and follow me is not worthy of me. Whoever finds his life will lose it. And whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. He who receives you receives me. And he who receives me receives the one who sent me. Praise the Lord. I know it is a long read, but that is what you are going to be looking at today. A story is written and told about a missionary from America by the name of John Allen. And this is said to have happened last year in the month of November. And that is his picture. And you are told that this missionary went out to an island in India, on the north of India, which was called the North Sentinel Island. And we are told that on the first day what John did, he went and got some local fishermen to take him to that side of the island where this group or this people group were living. And as they paddled to the shore in a kayak, we are told that when he saw some women chattering there at, near the lake, we are told that when he saw them, he started shouting at them and telling them, you know, I love you and Jesus loves you. And after doing all that, we are told that he threw some fish at them and then he fled. That was his approach. Then the second day again, he got back to that place again with the fishermen who were taking him there. And this day he was carrying some gifts. Things that they would use for fishing. Some safety pins and all those things that they would use. And we are told that when he came near them, this second day he found some men who were near the lake. And we are told that when he saw them, he started singing worship songs and hymns. Until a boy saw him, and because these people were people who did not want any outsider to come to their village, we are told that a young boy shot an arrow at him, and what protected him was his Bible, because the arrow shot through the Bible. And we are told that he retreated again, and the following day he went one last time. And this time round he told the fishermen who took him, that you know, today you guys will leave me in this island. And we are told that when the fishermen went the following day to check on him and to take him back, we are told they found that the people had killed him and they saw them dragging his body by the beach. And we are told that it was hard for the authorities to go and retrieve his body. Both the governments tried to retrieve his body, but it was hard. But this is said about him. 
that he loved God. He loved his life. He loved helping those in need and had nothing but the love for these people. But yet, even with all that, these people did not receive him. And sometimes missions is similar to that. Not all shall receive you. Not all shall accept your gospel. But we need to understand that the call is to us even today to say that even in spite of all, that we can be able to come to that place and respond and say, Here I am, send me. Praise the Lord. Here I am, send me. One of the things we see in Matthew and we look at Seven things about mission. And they all are captured in words that start with the letter C. That the first thing we need to understand with mission, that mission is a calling. That God calls on us to mission. The call to mission. Because in Matthew chapter 10 verse 1 we are told that Jesus called his 12 disciples to him. That mission should start from the place whereby God has called us first to himself. Praise the Lord. That God has called us first to himself. Our starting point should be in Christ. Many fail to understand that. And go out on their own, in their own strength. And fail to understand that our starting point should be in Jesus. Our starting point. And we are told that when the, he called them to himself, we are told that, that he gave them authority in that verse 1. That when you start with Jesus, there is something that he gives you. You know, sometimes I think about the words starter pack. That there is something that God gives you to start off on your mission. And we are told that he gave them authority. Many have failed to carry out mission because they have not yet understood that they need to start from the point of knowing Jesus. Going to the sender. Receiving that authority from him. Because the Bible tells us about the sons of Sceva in Acts chapter 19, verse 13 to 16. We are told about these Jews who went around driving out evil spirits in Acts chapter 19, verse 13. And we are told that they tried to invoke the name of the Lord Jesus over those who are demon-possessed. They would say that in the name of Jesus, whom Paul preaches, I command you to come out. And we are told about these seven sons of Sceva. That verse 15 says that one day the evil spirit answered them, Jesus I know, and Paul I know, but who are you? And verse 16 says that the man who had the evil spirit jumped on them and overpowered them all. He gave them such a beating that they ran out of the house naked and bleeding. My brother, my sister, if you don't start with Jesus, praise the Lord, you can already see what may happen to you. You may come back defeated. You may come back saying, oh, I don't know what happened. I'm being attacked. But yet, possibly, you failed to understand 
that Christ at first calls us to himself. That we may understand that he gives us something. Authority, power, enablement that we can be able to go out. But even in calling them, we find that Jesus does this in verse 5. That he sends them out to the lost sheep of Israel. He did not send them to the Samaritans. He did not send them to the Gentiles. But he told them, I am sending you to the lost sheep of Israel. Who is God sending you out to? Possibly you are trying to reach out to everyone. But yet, there are times you need to ask the Lord, Whom are you sending me out to? Praise the Lord. You know, there are people, if you are sent to reach out to drunkards, they may leave you there. Hello? Who is God sending you out to? Because Christ himself told them, Do not go even to the Gentiles, or you know, to the Samaritans. Go rather to the lost sheep, of Israel. And in this season, I believe God is calling on us to reach out to our families, to friends, to those who are around us. But yet even in that, we need to ask ourselves, in this call that God is calling me to missions, whom should I reach out to? Who is God calling me to reach out to? Possibly it's that person in the office. Possibly that cousin of mine. The call to mission is specific, praise the Lord. That is how God operates and that is what Christ was telling his disciples. That go out to the lost sheep of Israel. And I don't know who God has been calling you to, to reach out to even in this season. Yet, he's saying, are you available? The call is there, the call to mission. It has to start with Christ. And we need to understand that there is an authority has given us. But we also need to understand that there is a specific area that God will always lead us to. And to a certain people that he will always lead us to. Praise the Lord. But the second thing we need to understand about missions is the content of our missions. Praise the Lord. The content of our missions. And what do I mean by this? Because the content of our missions is the gospel of the kingdom. Praise the Lord. Is the gospel of the kingdom. Our mandate is to proclaim the gospel of the kingdom. And nothing else. Nothing of our own but the gospel of the kingdom. And that is why in verse 7 of Matthew chapter 10, he says, and Christ tells them this, that as you go, proclaim this message. The kingdom of heaven has come near. Heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse those who have leprosy, drive out demons. Freely you have received, freely give. Are you sharing too much of yourself and forgetting to share about the gospel of the kingdom? That God is saying and Christ is telling us and even as he was telling his disciples that what I need you to say, the content is the gospel about the kingdom of God. That the kingdom of heaven has come near. Praise the Lord. That the kingdom of heaven has come near. Proclaim this message. Proclaim this message. 
that this should form your content. Miracles should be part of this. But Christ was telling them, proclaim this message. Because what he meant in this is that the people or the Jews were waiting for a Messiah to usher in his kingdom that would free them from the Roman rule and bring them back to the days of King David and Solomon. But yet Christ was calling them to a place that they would understand that he has come to bring a spiritual kingdom. Not so much about governments, but a spiritual kingdom. And that is why he tells them that give as freely as you have received this message, this gospel. That should form your content about the kingdom of heaven. Praise the Lord. That the content of our mission or our missions should be about the gospel of the kingdom of God. The good news about Jesus Christ. But I must say, even as you talk about missions, I also need us to understand that the third thing that mission does for us, it calls us to a place of contentment. Contentment. And what do I mean by this? Jesus continues to tell them in Matthew chapter 10, verse 9 and 10, that do not get any gold or silver or copper to take with you in your belts. No bag for the journey or extra shirt or sandals or a staff. For the worker is worth his keep. Praise the Lord. For the worker is worth his keep. Because what Jesus was basically telling them is this. That even as you go out for mission, that one of the things I would want of you to have is that you are content. Missions call us to a place of contentment. Praise the Lord. You know I was saying in the first service, there are people who have refused to go for missions because they'll go and shower with water from the river. Hello? There are people who have refused to go for missions because of mosquitoes. The first thing they ask, do I need a repellent? Are there mosquito nets? Hello? There are people who have refused to go for missions because they are asking or their question normally is, will I be given something after that? Praise the Lord. And these are things that are hindering us from going out for missions. Contentment. Contentment. And that is why Jesus was telling them that the worker is worth his keep. And I love one man by the name of Paul. Because when you read in Philippians chapter 4, verse 10, he says this, Philippians chapter 4, verse 10 to 13, he says this, I rejoice greatly in the Lord, that at last you have renewed my concern for me. Indeed you have been concerned, but you had no opportunity to show it. And he says this, I am not saying this because I am in need, for I have learned to be content whatever the circumstances. And that is missions. Missions call us to a place of contentment. And Paul continues to say this. I know what it is to be in need. And I know what it is to have plenty. 
I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. I can do everything through Him who gives me strength. Praise the Lord. Missions is a call to a place of contentment. And Paul had understood this. That being in the mission of God, it required of him to be a person who was content with what God was doing in his life. Sometimes some of us, just because we cannot speak, sometimes some of us, because we have broken English or broken Swahili or broken mother tongue, we cannot speak. But yet Paul understood that with whatever I have, I am content that God can still use me and that I am available to be used in the mission of God and to participate in this mission of God. Contentment. Contentment. Will you be content when you go for that mission and water is scarce? <laughs> Praise the Lord. Will you be content when you only go and it's only one kind of food that is available? Some of us have failed to go just because of contentment. We want to have it all together so that we can go. We want to have all the resources so that we can go. We want to know what will be the reward after it so that we can go. But Paul had understood this. Whether in plenty, whether in need, he says, I will still do the work of the Lord. Praise the Lord. I don't know if still your response this far is, here I am, send me. I don't know if you're willing to leave the comfort of your bed and sleep on the ground somewhere, on a seat, on a bench somewhere, to undertake missions for God. Contentment. Praise the Lord. You know, I'm reminded this one time we went to Mpeketoni after the clashes that were there. And I remember as we went, we had all these fears. And we wondered how we would survive. And yet, even as we went, we did not know how we would make it there. Some of us who had phobias of taking a boat for like 10 minutes, we had to do it. To cross over to the other side of the land. And I remember that even as we were out there, it was not the best of the places you'd want to be. We did not have repellents, praise the Lord. The mosquito nets, you know, you know the mosquitoes, we just lift the net and enter inside. You know. But we were content in that. If there's a place I saw darkness that you can touch is in that place. Have you ever seen darkness that you can touch like this? You know, tangible darkness. It was in that place. The stories you'd hear, and it was that time when people were being persecuted. That even as you're sleeping, you're looking at the window and saying, Lord, today it's not yet my day. But yet, even in that, God was telling us, be content where you are. And many a times, because of lack of that, we fail to go out and be used of God. We fear in our offices 
Because we see as if there are things we do not yet have. And yet God is saying, even that which you have, your story itself can be used of God to change someone's life. Praise the Lord. Missions is a call to contentment. You don't know how people live until you go outside there. And you come back and say, Lord, truly for this which you have given me, I am content with it. Praise the Lord. That is what missions does for us. But then the next thing I like to say is this. That even as we talk about missions, I like to tell you that the fourth thing about missions is that there is a cost to pay. There is a cost to pay. And that cost must be paid. And verse 16 says this in Matthew chapter 10. That I am sending you out like sheep among wolves. Just imagine. I am sending you out like sheep among wolves. Have you ever seen sheep and wolves staying together? And Christ tells them this. Therefore, be as shrewd as snakes and as innocent as doves. Be on your guard. You will be handed over to the local councils and be flogged in the synagogues on my account. You will be brought before governors and kings as witnesses to them and to the Gentiles. But when they arrest you, do not worry about what to say or how to say it. At that time, you will be given what to say. For it will not be you speaking, but the spirit of your father speaking through you. Praise the Lord. That Christ is saying this, and Jesus is telling these disciples this, that there will be a cost to pay. There are some places you will be prey, as you have seen in the story of John Allen. There are some places you will be received, and there are other places where you will not be received. But Christ is saying that I am sending you out like sheep among wolves. That is already telling you you are like prey even as you go outside there. There are people who are after you. There are people who will stand against you. And Christ continues to say in the verse uh, 17 to 18 there. That you will face opposition. You will face opposition from government from verse 18 to 19. You will face opposition from religious people from verse 17. You will face opposition even from family. As you seek to go out there and speak about Christ. Are you willing to pay that cost? Where you are facing opposition. Or where you will face opposition. Because he tells them that you will be brought before governors. You will be brought before rulers. Religious people even will oppose you. Verse 21 says, that even your brother will betray you. Father will, you know, will betray his child. A child will rebel against their parents. And verse 22 says that you will be hated by everyone because of me. But the one who stands firm to the end will be saved. Praise the Lord. Are you still willing to pay that cost? Where I've said you, are, you will face opposition. Are you still willing to say, here I am, send me. I am willing to pay that cost. Missions come at a cost. Praise the Lord. 
come at a cost. You will face even public ridicule. Your HR may write you a letter because you've started a fellowship in the office. People will speak behind you. People will speak ill of you. And Christ was telling them that you'll be hated because of me. And then he says in, even in verse 23 about persecution. That when you are persecuted in one place, flee to another. And so Jesus is basically saying, are you still willing to pay this cost? That persecution also may happen to you. Persecution may happen to you. As you go out for these missions. Are you still willing, again I ask, to say, here I am, send me. That beyond the opposition, beyond the threats that you may face, threats even to bodily harm or physical harm, in verse 28, it says, Do not be afraid of those who kill the body, but cannot kill the soul. Rather be afraid of the one who can destroy both soul and body in hell. And Christ was still telling them, there is a cost to pay. There is a cost to pay, even as you go out for this mission. Praise the Lord. There is a cost to pay. There is a cost to pay. But the fifth thing we see about missions is that missions for us, it creates an opportunity to experience God's care. To experience God's care. And I love that Jesus was telling them in verse 29 to 31 that even as you go out, even as you think about the cost to pay, one thing I can assure you is that you will experience the care of God. Praise the Lord. That you will experience the care of God. And the Bible says in verse 29, that are not two sparrows sold for a penny, yet not one of them will fall to the ground outside your father's care. Outside your father's care. And he says, as you continue on, that we may understand that even in this, that as we go out, for us, it provides that opportunity to realize that we can experience the care of God. We can experience the watch of God. And verse 30 says, And even the very hairs of your head are all numbered. So don't be afraid. You are worth more than many sparrows. And whoever acknowledges me before men, I will also acknowledge him before my Father in heaven. But just to go to verse 29 and 30, that Christ told them that God will take care of you. Praise the Lord. God will take care of you. You know, many times that call is there, like I've said. But sometimes we want to have the comfort. We want to have the full assurance and insurance. Praise the Lord. You know, travel insurance. You want to have the assurance and insurance. Hello? Praise the Lord. You want to have that assurance and insurance. 
But yet, God is telling and Christ was telling his disciples that no, none of you will fall to the side. That the Lord will care for you as you go out for his missions. And so I'm saying that missions for us, they provide an opportunity for us to experience God's care. Praise the Lord. They provide for us an opportunity to experience God's care. So don't be afraid. Praise the Lord. Tell your neighbor, don't be afraid. <laughs> you know, you're worth more than many sparrows, as the Bible tells us. Because Christ knew that fear, fear, fear would hinder these people from going out and sharing the gospel. And many of us, that is where we are today. Because of fear, we are not even able to stand with someone in the office, in our family, in that boardroom, in that family meeting, and tell them about Jesus. Christ is telling us, so don't be afraid. Fear not. Fear not. For He cares for you. And that even as you seek to go out for Him, He's saying that I will watch over you. Matthew 28 actually says that he'll be with us till the end. That he'll watch over us. When you read in verse 20, Matthew 28 verse 20. About the great commission. You know we say we are a church of courageous witnesses. And truly we need to exemplify and showcase this courage as we go out for missions. But like I've told you, missions, they create for us an opportunity to experience God's care. Praise the Lord. Because he has said that none of them will fall to the ground outside your father's care. Outside your father's care. That tomorrow when the Lord says go, you will go. Because he will care for you. He will provide for you. He will protect you. He will watch over you. Watch over your family. Missions provide for us that opportunity to see and to experience God's care. But then, the sixth thing about missions, it provides for us an opportunity to confess Christ, to acknowledge Christ, to confess Him as our Lord and Savior. And the Bible says in verse 32, and Christ tells them this, that whoever acknowledges me before others, I will also acknowledge before my Father in heaven. But whoever disowns me before others, I will disown before my Father in heaven. Daily opportunities are present for us to confess Christ, to acknowledge Christ, because I believe this is a sign of being a true courageous witness of Christ. That if at all you are a true courageous witness of Christ, you are one who confesses Christ, who acknowledges Christ, who proclaims Christ. And that is what mission calls on us. I said we are not being called to an activity. We are being called to a lifestyle of missions. That daily, day in, and day out, 
we can come to that place where we confess Christ. We acknowledge Christ. We proclaim Christ. Praise the Lord. And there is a verse we read that said, you know, that whatever is spoken in the darkness, that we can come and speaking, speak it out in the broad daylight. That whatever is spoken hidden place, that we can come and shout it out on the rooftops. That is what we are being called to do in confessing about Christ. Praise the Lord. And that is verse 27. Matthew chapter 10 verse 27. That what I tell you in the dark, speak in the daylight. What is whispered in your ear, proclaim from the roofs. That is what confessing Christ calls for. That we will not fear to say, I am born again, even in my office. We will not fear to say, this is what God is saying. Whatever He has spoken to us in the dark, we can speak it out in the daylight. Whatever He has spoken to our ears, we can proclaim it from the roofs. Praise the Lord. That is what Christ is calling on us to do. Confessing Him. And confessing Him as Lord of our lives. But also telling others and proclaiming and acknowledging Him before men. Praise the Lord. Because I think the question you should be asking yourself. As you say that whoever acknowledges me before men, I will also acknowledge him, acknowledge him before my Father in heaven. Is that your testimony today? That truly Christ would be saying, I am acknowledging you before my Father. Or are you still hidden? Are you a light that is still hidden? Christ calls us to a place of mission where we can confess him and speak about him. But the last thing about missions, I would like to say this. It is a call to commitment. Praise the Lord. It is a call to commitment. A commitment to this lifestyle. A commitment to Christ. A commitment to the Father. A commitment to taking up our cross daily. Because the Bible says in Matthew chapter 10 verse 37 to 39. That anyone who loves their father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. Anyone who loves their son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. Whoever does not take up their cross and follow me is not worthy of me. And what Christ was telling them is, will you commit to this which I am calling you to? Will you pay that price? Will you spend your time Will you sacrifice to be in that place of mission? It may call on you to separate yourself sometimes from others to be part of the mission of God. It may call on you even sometimes to separate from there even who want more of your time. As much as also you may need that balance of life. But sometimes this has hindered some in being used of God. Because they lack that commitment. And Christ was telling them that whoever does not take up their cross and follow me is not worthy of me. What Christ was telling them that if at all you want to be part of this, you need to be one who is committed to the mission of God. Praise the Lord. 
You need to be one who is committed to the vision of God. God is calling on us and asking, Whom shall I send? And I don't know if so far still your response is, Here I am, send me. Here I am, send me. The cost is high. The content is already available. God will call you to a place of contentment. But also the joy of it is that he will also call you to a place of experiencing his care. But also we need to know that day in and day out, like I said at the beginning, his agenda has not changed. His agenda has not changed. The harvest is still plentiful. But the workers are few. The workers are few. And his desire of us is that truly we may say that here I am, send me. Here I am, send me. As I come to an end, I remember Paul saying in Second Corinthians chapter 11, verse 24 to 28, Paul says that five times I received from the Jews the forty lashes minus one. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was pelted with stones. Three times I was shipwrecked. I spent a night and a day in the open sea. I have been constantly on the move. I have been in danger from rivers, in danger from bandits, in danger from my fellow Jews, in danger from Gentiles, in danger in the city, in danger in the country, in danger at sea, and in danger from false believers. I have labored and toiled, and have often gone without sleep. I have known hunger and thirst, and I have often gone without food. I have been cold and naked. But besides everything else, I face daily the pressure of my concern for all the churches. And what Paul was saying is that he was available beyond the many things he went through. Paul could still stand and say, I am concerned about the churches. I am concerned about the mission of God through his church. And as I end, I ask you again, are you willing to still say, here I am, send me. God is not calling you to an activity. God is calling you to a lifestyle of mission. That you can truly say that, Lord, here I am, send me. Praise the Lord. May we bow our heads in prayer. And I'd like just to give you a minute just to respond to that word. I don't know what the Lord has put in your heart this afternoon. Possibly God has been speaking to you about reaching out to a certain people. But because of fear, 
because of matters of contentment, because of even the opposition you've experienced this far, or even the threats that you've experienced, the Lord is still asking, who shall go for us? The harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. I'd like you just to make a personal response to that word. Is your response today that, Lord, here I am. Send me. So, Lord, we are grateful, Lord, for your word this afternoon, O God. Lord, you say that the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Forgive us, Lord, where we have left this work for others and have failed to partner with you in your mission, O God. Forgive us, Lord, where we have gone in our own strength and failed to realize that we need to start with you, O God. Lord, the cost is high to pay. But Father, truly we are saying that we are here and we are ready to pay the price, O Lord. Father, Lord, where we have sought our own desires and failed even to go for mission because of our personal desires, our perceptions, O God. And yet, Lord, you say that when you call us for missions, Lord, it's a place just to understand contentment, to experience your care, O God. To experience your provision and even your providence over our lives, O oh God. Father, I pray that you may realize you're not calling us to an activity, but Lord, you're calling us to a lifestyle, O oh God. Lord, we are saying today that here we are. Send us, O oh Lord. We are available, O oh God. Father, may, may we be bold to speak and tell others of you, to confess you, to acknowledge you to others, O God, without fear or contradiction, O God. To be bold, O God, to know that you're calling us to a place of boldness. To understand that this gospel of the kingdom will face opposition. But Father, you have already overcome on our behalf, O Father. Lord, let us understand your will and your purpose over us. That truly, we shall go to the streets, to the markets, to the offices, to the apartments, to the boardrooms, to the family gatherings, and tell others about Jesus. And even as we bow our heads in prayer, I'd like just to invite you who has never even made that decision to Receive Christ as Lord over your life. The Lord is calling on you today by name and saying, Come, that you may start a journey, that you may start a relationship with Him. Are you here and that is your desire? You've said, you know, this is what I've desired to know Jesus as my Lord and Savior. That should be your starting point today. Are you here even as we bow our heads in prayer? Just lift up your hand wherever you are and I'll sit. I don't want to close you out. 
that is what you'd want to do today. Just lift up your hand wherever you are seat and I'll pray with you and agree with you. I don't want to close you out. And so Lord, we thank you and we pray that Lord, may we go forth and tell others about you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. Yeah, to come and create a thing.